This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'm excited about today's show. You know why? Because I get to hear how I messed up in today's Clark Stinks segment. I'm also going to tell you about what to do about the rapidly rising cost of auto insurance. A little bit later about why they've gone up and how you fight back on that. And we got your questions too. And if I can't get to your question, or there's one, if you want specific one-on-one advice, know we're there to serve you 30 hours each week at the Team Clark Consumer Action Center. Available to you. These are Eastern time zone times. Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon at 636-49-CLARK. And now it's time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Clark, you're fine, but Krista stinks. She has a tendency to step on the end of the delightful Clark Stinks theme song and starts talking before it's finished. I usually like to dance a little jig if nobody's watching, and then she cuts it short and seriously puts a damper on me, busting a groove, Robert. So, Robert, I didn't do it this time just for you. Okay. Clark, you may not stink, but you've definitely got stubble. After reading about your silly habit of using a disposable razor for way longer than you should, I have a better tip. Buy a double-edged safety razor and put packs of replacement blades on your Amazon wish list. 100-count packs are not that expensive, and a few years back, I put my favorite brand on my wish list for Christmas. I have so many blades now, I'll likely never purchase blades out of necessity for the rest of my life. There are decent, inexpensive razors now on Amazon, but 15 years ago, I splurged and bought a really nice made-in-Germany Merker, I don't know if that's the way to pronounce it, razor, and I will have it forever. I'd also like to share that I don't buy shaving cream or shaving soap. I simply buy moisturizing bar soap from Sam's or Costco and lather up my face in the shower and shave there, and that's from Brian. So Brian, uh, that's my middle name, although I spell it B-R-I-A-N, so I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I have trimmers because last time this came up, I said I would try the inexpensive double blades and I can't do them because it turns out uh, I had to go have some neurological tests and see. And it's just, it's, um, I forgot the term the doctor said. He said they mean nothing, the trimmers, but they mean that if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see how my hand shakes. So I can't no, do... No, not a good idea. I cannot change the double-edged blade without taking a chance that I would slice my finger. So I can't try the experiment. And should you of, shave with that too? 
with a shaky hand. I wouldn't think so. I shave with a shaky hand. That seems to be okay. But it's really funny because I had a guy the other day who got really freaked out when I was filling up my soft drink at a fountain and my hand was shaking uh. and the drink was shaking. And and I had to explain to him, don't worry about me. I don't have any neurological disorder and, and everything's okay. So if you ever seen me shake, no, it's, uh, it's not a big deal. I'm okay. Clark, if someone offered you a brand new car for $5,000, would you take it? Brand new car for 5000 That sounds like a riddle. Probably because you'd assume for a new car to be that cheap, there must be some sort of catch, right? This is exactly the scenario you have promoted multiple times in regard to getting the $15 prescription glasses online. I am an optometry student who sees all sorts of glasses come into the clinic, and there are always problems with the glasses that are ordered online. Mostly the prescription is incorrect in the lenses or the fitting measurements are off. If you're trying to keep costs down, I recommend in places like Costco, Walmart, or Target, even check local optometrist offices as usually they have discount packages for frames and lenses for less than $100. Please do not forget that glasses and contacts are medical devices many people use all day, every day. They're worth more than a cost of a dinner out. And that one's from Aaron. We also got this. You guys really missed the mark when talking about getting your sunglasses at Ross or Dollar Tree. As a retired optician of over 40 years, I can tell you those cheap lenses will not protect your one and only pair of eyes against harmful UV light. The lenses in the cheap sunglasses are not made like prescription lenses. They are merely pressed into the frame and are subject to waves and distortion that can cause headaches. Polarized lenses are the way to go for sunglasses. Keith. Keith, uh, so let me deal with these in reverse order. So Keith, it was not comprehensive. We only tested 10 pair, but in my TV work, we actually had the cheap sunglasses checked out. We didn't have any from Dollar Tree, but a lot of very inexpensive, $5, $6. Most we spent was $10 on a pair of sunglasses. And there were 10 that we tested. All 10 were absolutely fine for protecting from UV. And so we did not find the problem that you saw as a retired optician. We found that the sunglasses in 10 is not a representative comprehensive sample, but we expected to find what you said that uh, many of them would not be okay. They were okay. Second thing from the optometry student, Aaron was talking about buying the ultra inexpensive glasses from Zenny and the Zenny lookalikes or contenders. I'm not a medical professional and I really have to defer to your wisdom on that. Consumer Reports has said that Zenny is A-OK and offers very good service and they're near the top of their recommendations for eyeglasses. I can imagine too. I I don't want to disagree with her, but if you're coming into a clinic with those glasses, it's likely because something's wrong. So, I mean, there are probably a lot of people who don't end up coming in. Um, I recently heard you say that to turbocharge one's credit score, one should hold spending to 7% of available credit. Good grief. What took you so long? Every time I hear you say 30%, I have nightmares. This humble listener will go a step further and say that 3 to 4% should allow one to have a credit score in the 800s. So go for it, Terry. Terry, thank you. Okay, Krista laughs at me about obsessing with having a high credit score. The reality is any credit score above 760 
will typically qualify you for the best possible credit of any kind. 720, you'll still be in decent shape. And so the 30% utilization I talk about, you never want to go above 30% because you go above 30%, it will devastate your credit score. You go below 10, in Terry's case, three or four, you get a booster shot to your credit scores. The quickest way for you to raise your credit score is to get your utilization of your available credit down below 10%. And the lower you drive it, the better the benefit. But 10 is kind of a threshold. You get below 10%. It really gives you a huge booster on your score. Your segment on a recent show talking about credit reports and the need to check check them didn't stink. However, I wanted to add something you didn't mention. I find this valuable. I'm able to check all three of the credit bureau's reports anytime via three different credit cards I have. For instance, my Capital One card offers a free report check on TransUnion. Is the full report with all the details, not just a score. I have another card that does so for each of the other two. These are no annual fee cards, so there is zero cost, and that's from Paul. Paul, that's great. In fact, I uh, just yesterday, when I was on one of my credit card websites, I just checked. Uh, they use FICO, not Vantage. And my FICO was 769. Mm-hmm. So it's down from where it was. But you're able with these websites, some you're able to see your actual full report. Many you're just able to see your credit score. And some will use Vantage, which is uh, kind of a disadvantage. And others will use the real FICO score, which is the one that really counts. I recently heard Clark talk to someone about going out of the country to have dental work done. I think one of those options Clark should have talked about was going to a dental school in the U.S. I have been going to the Midwestern Dental School for two years and cannot be happier with the service. The price of the procedures is less than half of a regular dentist, and the quality of the work is excellent. The only drawback is it takes more time as the work has to be inspected by a licensed dentist who is on staff. For example, I got a root canal and crown for $750 compared to a regular dentist where it would have been over $2,000. I would never go to Mexico for dental work, Kathy. Kathy, thank you. And, and how I've never mentioned that when I have a niece who's in dental school who does exactly what you're talking about with a, uh, a professor who's a licensed dentist observing her doing the work. And for the people who go to the dental school clinic she goes to, the care is so inexpensive. And it's how dental students learn so they can go out and hang a shingle someday. My family has been in the hotel business my whole life. We own and operate multiple hotels in the Midwest. You are correct that it has been difficult for our industry to keep up with the wage increases. What you didn't articulate properly was that our industry has not been able to increase revenues as quickly as our expenses have increased. Linens, soaps, shampoos, breakfast, insurance, interest rates, everything else. Adding massive wage increases isn't an option for many operators right now, especially in markets that still have COVID restrictions. Most limited service hotels are owned by small businesses, so I would not group them into your REIT REIT generalization. Thanks for all you do, Barry. Barry, thank you for the perspective of hotels that are owned, that are family owned and the financial pressures you're facing. We, uh, we talk a lot, um, not on the podcast, about the financial pressures that small businesses are facing. 
and it's part of what informs what we talk about because I'm so into entrepreneurs and you bring up a really valid point that as a hotel owner, you're feeling cost pressures from every direction. The only good news in the hotel business is that the average nightly rate has gone way up this year in most parts of the country. You had a question from a person who had been renting the same house for 16 years and wasn't given back their deposit. Instead of asking pertinent questions, like in the 16 years, did the landlord ever repaint or recarpet or make any improvements to the house? You put the fault back on the renter. Clark, after living somewhere for 16 years, you should know that any house will have habitability issues, and those are supposed to be addressed by the landlord, not the renter. The renter was clearly a good tenant and had no issues. If anything, after 16 years, the landlord should have paid the tenant a fee for all the years of his good tenancy. You really missed the ball on this one, Ken. Ken, thank you. You know, it's interesting you bring up that question. Uh, That question bothered me on so many levels. I mean, goes unstated. The landlord's a jerk in a case like this. I mean, come on. We have tenants that are that are not the best people. We have landlords that aren't the best people. This case, the landlord, unless we didn't hear a fair version of events, because we were hearing from the tenant side, the landlord was a jerk. You are allowed reasonable wear and tear. Landlord's not allowed to hold you responsible for reasonable wear and tear, only extraordinary damage to a property. In this case, the landlord was just not playing fair or right. And it is a problem that comes up from time to time. And that's why it's so important as a tenant that you document fully the condition of a place before you move in. And anything that's wrong, you got pictures of, it's noted on the move-in inspection report. And when you move out, you've got to get that place spotless clean. Anything that's broken, fix it yourself or get somebody to fix it because it'll cost you a lot less money than what the landlord will ultimately charge you debiting from a security deposit. Document the condition of the place when you leave and get the landlord there for a move out inspection report when you are moving out because you want the documentation if you have to go fight with that landlord to get your money back. I appreciate you taking the time to point that out because my answer to that question bothered me later. I thought about it you later. You thought I stink. Huh? Did you think I stink? I did stink on that. <laughs> I, did. I did. I did not do an adequate job answering that question. And it kind of stuck with me that I didn't. So did I'm you glad write you that gave Clark me... Stinks in? Huh? Did you write that Clark Stinks I did yourself? not write in the Clark Stinks on myself. Maybe I should have. <laughs> so straight ahead. Uh, this is not a laughing matter. When you get your auto insurance renewal, yikes. The premiums are bad, scary, like Halloween. Krista's favorite holiday. Her birthday. <laughs> but... Uh, It's a trick, not a treat, when that uh, auto insurance bill comes. We're going to talk about what you do about the rapidly rising cost of auto insurance. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cost of auto insurance has been going up in much of the country for a variety of reasons. Florida has a terrible problem with the cost of auto insurance because it's a lawsuit heaven. You drive down I-95 on the East Coast, I-75 on the West Coast of Florida, and there's a billboard every second and a half, it feels like, and there'll be people smiling I got my check. Look at this. Got my check. It's treated as if it's a lottery being in an accident in Florida. And, you know, insurance is regulated by each of the states. And there are states that are lawsuit happy, like Florida. And there are those that are more restricted. And in turn, in states where it's really easy to sue people just because, just because, the cost of auto insurance goes way up. In addition, you noticed people don't drive as well as they did pre-COVID. Something happened in our brains. Uh, All over the country, people talk about how drivers have been more aggressive after the, the COVID. COVID was dramatic, traumatic, caused a lot of mental anguish, anxiety, mental illness and aggression in people and frustration and they're taking it out behind the wheel and it's led to more accidents more serious accidents so auto insurers you know the part of what makes the premiums go up is those things the accident rates you know what else makes them go up right now it costs a lot more to repair a vehicle and if one's totaled what you get for it a lot more from the insurer. I was talking to someone who was in an accident where the vehicle was totaled out by the insurer. She was asking, was the amount offered by the insurer fair? It was a very old car with a lot of miles on it. I went online and man, I was sure the insurer was paying too much money on that claim. Not too little, too much. And I put it through two of the things where you can estimate current value of a vehicle and the insurer was right on the money and paying much more than that vehicle would have cost totaled out than pre-COVID. But because we're in the midst of this continuing, although lessening shortage, which is why used car prices have been trending down after having gone up, what they go up 70% or something, some huge amount starting to come down some, but auto insurers having to pay claims When a vehicle totals out, they're having to pay a lot more. When one's repaired, the cost of body shop repairs have gone up. And so there's lots of pressures 
cost pressures on the insurer. So on our side, where can we make a difference? One of them has been controversial since it started uh, more than 15 years ago with progressive insurance as an experiment now is widely done. And that's if you allow the insurer to track how you drive. If you're not driving like one of these crazy people, how they're driving now with this reckless aggressiveness on the roads, and you're just tootling along, if you allow the telematics in the vehicle, where the insurer tracks you on with an app on your cell phone or a device they plug in to the car, and you are really driving cautiously, it will save you a decent amount of money, no doubt. Other things you got to do, shop your insurance. I told you before about how Allstate was very unhappy with their financial performance, and the Allstate execs were telling the financial community how aggressive they were going to be raising rates, and they've been doing it. So if you're an Allstate insured, you may be a sitting duck for much higher premiums. But this is not just to pick on Allstate. With any insurer, you see a big premium increase. Insurers rate people differently. They're looking for different pricing in different markets. Shopping your auto insurance, really, really important. Make sure you're getting the same quote in terms of getting the same coverage limits as you shop around. Speaking of that, when you are reshopping your auto insurance, raise your deductible as high as insurers will allow. You don't want to make a claim for $300 anyway or $500. You don't want that $250 deductible. You don't want that $500 deductible. A lot of insurers, you get a decent premium cut if you go to a grant. And a grant will be okay typically with if you have an auto loan, whoever your vehicle loan is with. So those coverages that you have matter. And one of them that's very important, if you have a decent amount of assets, it's going to cost you more. Make sure you have sufficient liability coverage with your insurer. Liability coverage is an area where people neglect at their peril. I shared with you last year a story about a very successful surgeon who ended up bankrupt because he had state minimums on his insurance and his teenage daughter had a wreck that was a catastrophic wreck and the judgment was huge and it forced the doctor into bankruptcy. You want to make sure if you've got decent assets that you got decent coverage. Again, that will cost you in the short term, may save you big money in the long term. Krista? Molly in Florida wrote in, my daughter is about to turn 15. My father-in-law has been hanging on to his old Accord so he can gift it to her for her 16th birthday. My husband and I have serious concerns that this car may be a money pit. I'm not a mechanic, but the car's engine sounds like it's dying a slow and painful death. It also has some rust from many winters in the Northeast. Every year that it sits idle in his garage increases my anxiety about her driving it. Should we accept the car and pay for the necessary repairs, or should we help her purchase something pre-owned but more reliable? Okay, so, Molly, please, 
I don't know what else goes on with your father-in-law, but I'd be grateful to your father-in-law and say, thank you very much and accept the Honda Accord. Honda Accords are one of the most sought after used vehicle purchases you can make because they have a good record of extreme longevity. Accept it graciously. And there are independent mechanics in any midsize or large market. There are independent mechanics that are Toyota-only mechanics, Honda-only mechanics, Nissan-only mechanics, Mercedes-only mechanics. You want to go to a specialty independent shop, not to the service base of a dealership. And you want to have a relationship with that independent shop, you can have them do an eval. If they tell you, yes, you're right, this Accord is nothing but trouble, you sell it and give the money back to your father-in-law if he wants it back, or give the money if he says, nope, you keep the money, use it to buy something for my granddaughter, then you use that money plus whatever money you'd put in to do so. But this is a case, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth because the Honda should, without breaking a sweat, go to a quarter million miles. John in Oregon says, my insurance company requires me to add my daughter who has a learner's permit to my insurance policy. When I try to update my policy online, they require my daughter's social security number. The only way I can add her to my policy is to give them my daughter's number, and I feel uncomfortable with doing that. Completely common with insurance that you supply the social security number on every insured. It is considered to be a legitimate use of a social security number. Now, let me tell you why they do it, John. Most insurers set your rates as one of the key factors they set your rates, not how you drive, but what your credit score is. So they all want your credit score. And even in the case of a minor child, they get it in their system because ultimately, and most states permit this, the insurer will set those rates first based on credit score, second based on how you drive. It's weird, but that's what they do. Julianne in Michigan says, Hi, Clark, my daughter is applying to college this fall. If we have our credit freezes in place, will it affect the FAFSA application? No. No, No, that will not affect the FAFSA. What it will affect is certain loans you may ultimately want to take out for your daughter, Julianne. I hope you don't have to, but private student loans, that will require a lift of the freeze temporarily. If you're doing Parent PLUS loans, If you have your credit frozen, you'll have to thaw that. But as far as the FAFSA, no issue, no problem. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you got some information from today's podcast that is useful and you can put to work in your life. And Krista, you can step on the Clark Stink sounder whenever you want. (laughs) But I really think we need a Clarkonomic sounder too. Okay. We need to negotiate on All that. All right, all right. Have a great day.